0: Hello friend. Thanks so much for listening today. You know, I'm excited to be back at the uh, podcast microphone here. I took a little time off. Some of you may have noticed, but uh, I'm excited to get back at it. I've got some new ideas and uh, you know, it just takes some time uh, to gather our thoughts sometimes. And uh, so I've taken a small break from the podcast regrouped and I am excited to share uh, my ideas and my integration of my faith into the world of athletics. And so today's message will be about an amazing faith from the centurion of Capernaum. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Christ Centered Athlete Podcast. My name is Charlie Grimes, and I'll be your host for... Ideas and Bible stories, and some teaching, and some hope, hopefully some wisdom from a guy like me who's been in sport for now for about 40 years of my life as a young athlete, and then uh, you know, a coach, an assistant coach, and a head coach, and now as a college administrator, coaching coaches and leading a department uh, at the college level. I'm excited to continue to share uh, ideas. And teaching uh, that that perhaps can create a community of Christian uh, athletes and coaches uh, to simply encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and to do it with all of your might uh, for the excellence that God deserves. And uh, so today I just want to start with a simple question, and uh, I, want to, I want to focus in on your faith today. So does does our faith have any effect on God's willingness? to do a miracle, you know, think about that. Our faith, does that have an effect on God's willingness or his ability to make a miracle happen for us? Um, I want to share a story from Luke chapter 7. As I said earlier, it's the faith of the centurion. You'll remember, or if you've studied this before, a centurion was a member of the Roman military. Uh, and so he has an interaction here with Jesus. And in Luke 7, let me just read it for you. When Jesus had finished saying all of this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant, whom his master highly valued, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and to heal his servant. And when they had came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this for him, because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went along with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him. Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But... Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. What a great interaction here. You know, anything that would amaze Jesus, we probably better pay attention to. Don't you agree? The creator of the universe is amazed. And I was really excited to learn this. That particular word, amazed, is actually used in another part of Scripture. Nonetheless, Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, was amazed. And he says, I've not found such a great faith, even amongst you as Israelites, even amongst God's chosen people, I've not seen this type of faith. And you know, I, at first when I read this passage, I'm not sure exactly why he was so amazed, because we believe certainly that God can do anything, But I want to contrast this with that that word. That word amazed is actually found in another part of Scripture. And so if you want to turn there, if you have your Bible, it's actually Mark chapter 6. So we have the same word, Mark chapter 6. And I'm just going to read like starting in verse 3. Here's Mark 6 verse 3. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house, is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. So you have two ends of the spectrum here, right? Jesus was amazed at the lack of faith that people had in his own hometown. And he was amazed at the level of faith and trust that the centurion, someone who was outside, who was an outsider, you know, not even a member uh, or from the race or from the people of Israel. But he's amazed. And that's the same word. He was astonished or some translations say marveled. He marveled at their lack of faith. Well, what do you think about that? Jesus was amazed at both of these levels of faith. And in both stories, there seems to be a connection between him doing miracles and being able to, or not be able to, but his choice to do work for them in their presence. And so what you see is in his hometown, the scripture says he didn't do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people and they were healed. But amongst and and within the centurion story, he did the miracle without even being present. And that's another part of the story that's really interesting. You know, I did some research and up until this point in scripture, Jesus had never healed anyone unless he was in their presence and could lay his hands on them. He was present, you know, like he was in the same room and he put his hands on them and then they were healed or he, uh, you know, put some mud on their eyes and they were healed. Um, You know, this was kind of a new way of, of, you know, seeing God work. And I think it's the centurion's mindset that actually creates this opportunity for Jesus to do this miracle you know, I coach coaches a lot. And, uh, those of us that are in athletics, it's a, it's obviously a leadership oriented, uh, sector of our, of our culture and leadership, uh, teaching leadership, uh, you know, counsel or consultation will tell you that there are about three different levels of thinking within a team, within a person. You know, when you start thinking about goals, I want you to think about this, and they they liken them to a horse. It's a bit of a metaphor. So think of a workhorse. A workhorse is a dependable animal who is consistent and strives to please his master, and he eats his oats or grain, and he does his work, and he just is pretty normal. And in some ways, the workhorse thinking would say, well, Jesus may or may not do this miracle for me, so I'll just keep right on going. And you know, leadership people will say that if you really want to set a stretch goal, and you want to go out there on a limb, you might have a Mustang goal or a Mustang mind frame, which is more wild and unpredictable. But I think what the centurion proposes here is what we would call a unicorn mindset, a unicorn idea you know, a unicorn's a type of horse too. And it's really not possible, right? A unicorn doesn't actually exist. A unicorn is an impossible idea. And, and it's frankly rather ridiculous. And so this centurion's mindset was different because of the way he was brought up, the way his job was uh, situated. Look at what he says. He says, I'm a man under authority with soldiers who are under me. Probably a hundred, right? He's a centurion. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and I tell that one, come, and he comes, and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. You see, the centurion's word meant something. And in the military, as you can imagine, when your commanding officer tells you to do something, you do it. You know, when your coach says something, you should pay attention, right? What the centurion suggests here, and I love these words, he says, Just say the word, Lord, and my servant will be healed. You don't have to go to my house. You don't have to come and be present with me. This is a unicorn idea. This had never been done before in Jesus' life on earth. He had always healed people by placing his hands on them and being present with them. But this centurion says, No, you don't have to come. Just say the word. You are the Lord of the universe. You're the promised Messiah. Just say the word. And Jesus is amazed. Jesus says, Huh, high five. I can do that. It's as if Jesus says, I am amazed. You have such a great faith. I've not even seen this type of thinking in all of Israel. You see, he was an outsider who created a unicorn idea And Jesus was amazed to call it a faith that was unheard of amongst Israel and the people of his time. You know, there's lots of other high five types of moments in scripture. Have you ever thought about that? Where, um, and I won't read the scriptures for you, but in Mark two, in Mark chapter two, and it's actually recorded in Luke chapter five as well, that there was a paralyzed man whose friends, four friends, were carrying him to try to f- see Jesus, right? Do you, do you remember this story? And they walked up to the house, and there were so many people that they couldn't even get in the house. There was people everywhere, and it was such a crowd that they couldn't figure out how to get him to Jesus. And so I liken it to a workhorse thought. They would have just said, oh, sorry, buddy you know, we came too late and Jesus is really busy. So I guess maybe we'll have to come back tomorrow. And, you know, maybe a Mustang idea or a Mustang mindset would have said, well, let's push these people out of the way. Let's keep going. Come on, move out of the way. We got to get our friend to Jesus. But no, there was, there was a unicorn idea that they had, weren't, didn't they? Do you remember this story? So they took their friend all the way up to the top of the house And they started to break through the roof of the house and they lowered him down through the roof of the house, right to the feet of Jesus, right into the middle of the room where Jesus was ministering and teaching. Now in Mark 2 and in Luke 5, where this is recorded, how did Jesus respond to that body basically of the paralyzed man coming down through the roof? Did he say, oh, no, no, no. What are you guys thinking? I can't, uh, you know, I can't heal you. You you cut in line. And you're, you're I can't, uh, you know, heal this man. I can't, uh, I can't, uh, you know, endorse vandalism of this house. No, that's not what Jesus said at all. It was as if he said, huh, high five. I'll do that. Hop up. And he healed the man immediately. And he said, the faith of your friends has healed you. You know, there's another great story where the apostle Peter and the other disciples are in a boat. And they're crossing over against the waves and the wind in the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the night. And Jesus is walking across the water. Do you remember this story? Jesus is walking to catch up to them and they think it's a ghost and they're 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 terrified, right? And Jesus says, "Fear not. It's me." And Peter says, "Lord, if it's really you, can I get out in the boat out into the water with you?" You know, he the workhorse mentality would have said, "Jesus, come on over here. Get back in the boat with us." You know, but the unicorn idea was Peter saying, "Hey, Lord, can I come to you?" And Jesus says, "Huh?" high five, come on out. And he does for a time, but then his mind changes and is distracted, right? You know, there's a last little story from the Old Testament that I really love too. That's It's really amazing. If you read in Joshua chapter 10, Joshua, if you remember, is leading the Israelites uh, into the promised land and he's actually fighting against people groups who to drive them out of the land that god had promised the israelite people and so one day they're fighting the amorites which is a group of people and it's starting to get dark and i'm guessing one of the captains or one of the soldiers comes to joshua and says they're starting to get away because we can't see them and if it gets dark we will we won't be able to to drive them out and joshua simply holds up his hands and in joshua 10 he prays to God that the sun would stand still in the sky to give them a little bit more daylight. And you know what? God says, high five, I'll do that. You know, what an amazing thing that the earth would stop rotating for that time. Because obviously we know now that the sun doesn't move. It's actually the rotation of the earth that causes the sun to appear like it moves. But the sun stood still that day because Joshua prayed and simply asked for a miracle. Peter could walk on water simply because he asked to do something that was outrageous, that was frankly ridiculous. And the centurion simply says, I know you can do anything, God. What miracle do you desire? right now, for a loved one, or for your church, or for your community, or for your school? Is God simply waiting for you to ask him for it? Because sometimes the workhorse mentality says, oh, well, God wouldn't want me to ask for that, or I guess he, he probably wouldn't do that miracle for me. And, you know, maybe we become too familiar with Jesus, I've, I've dealt with that in my life, is that it's, it's like the people back in Jesus' hometown, right? We became too familiar. Isn't this just Jesus? I go to church every Sunday. I read my Bible. I sing some worship songs. I pray. I'm with Christian people. You know, I'm just doing my thing. It's just Jesus. No, it's not just Jesus. Jesus is like none other, right? Right? He truly is the powerful Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is part of the Trinity, God of the universe. And if we really believe that, we have to to reconcile the fact that God's power raised Jesus from the dead. What a miracle that is. You know, there's a a great story. There's a part of the story of the... uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, a, a wonderful story. And the three children, you know, they find their way into the, the land of Narnia through the wardrobe in their, your, their uncle's or relative's house. You know that story, right? If you haven't, you need to read these books. You need to see the movies. And real early in the story, they are in Narnia and they actually come across the, the beavers. Do you remember this part of the movie or the story? They're in the inside the beaver's dam and the animals can talk. And so they're talking with the beavers, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And the beaver, uh, the beavers are describing Aslan the lion. And Aslan is the Jesus figure. He's the, he's the character that represents Christ in the story. And Aslan is a big, strong lion with a great roar and sharp teeth and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, muscles and, and power. And he's so, uh, he's so awesome. And the children, they, if you remember, they say, oh my, he sounds dangerous. And the beavers don't miss a beat. They say, oh yes, he's dangerous. He's dangerous. All right but he's good. And you know, I never want to forget that our Jesus is dangerous. He's loving and he's caring and he's all-powerful and he's all-knowing. What miracle is he waiting to do for us? But he hasn't done it simply because we haven't asked. You know, I want to encourage you today to ask for the unicorn prayers. Ask for those unicorn, impossible, ridiculous things. That's a truly childlike faith, isn't it? We trust that Jesus, you can do anything. And so I just pray for you today, friend, that as you're listening, that that God would inspire you with your life experience and your, uh, your level of faith and that you would ask for the huge, ridiculous things that your heart desires because you might be surprised where God could just take and say, huh, high five. I can do that. Stay close to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to the Christ Centered Athlete podcast. I, uh, take this time, uh, usually about on a weekly basis, to share my ideas uh, and a simple Bible story and apply it to our lives uh, in in athletics as athletes and coaches. If you feel that this has been an encouragement to you, feel free to share it. I'm trying to get the word out to everybody. I am uh, expanding my ministry, obviously, to uh, other groups. And I would love for you to help me, uh, reach more people with this podcast. Uh, it's very simple. It's usually around 20 minutes long and we are, uh, here to encourage and to share some thoughts and experience, uh, with those that are involved in sports. Uh, you are competitive people and God expects our best. And so I hope that I can encourage you and that you stay close to Jesus as a result of listening to these works. Thanks for listening again. Have a great day.